0: Revelation chapter 18, and we're reading verse 7. How much she has glorified herself, and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Well, God here is revealing what Babylon is saying in her heart as though she were a person. And, of course, this uh, is just revealing the mindset of Satan and the mindset of the unsaved inhabitants of the people of the earth. This is what mankind, really, in their fallen condition, is thinking in their heart. I sit a queen and am no widow And she'll see no sorrow or mourning. Well, what does that mean? In our last study, as we went back to Isaiah 47, we saw that there is very similar language in that chapter, and we're going to go there. But let's first look at something in Isaiah 14, where Satan is also speaking in his heart, and God is telling us what he's saying. In Isaiah 14, it says beginning in verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And that is very similar to um, the fact of what Babylon is saying. And we would expect that. The king of Babylon is Satan. And Babylon, his kingdom, takes after him. And we, we read in Isaiah 47, language concerning the heart of Babylon. In Isaiah 47... Verse 7, And thou sayest, I shall be a lady forever, or a mistress. Earlier in Isaiah 47, it was said of Babylon that she is the lady of kingdoms. And the word translated as lady is the word translated as mistress when used of Sarai in the book of Genesis. And, And Sarai was mistress over Hagar. So, Sarai was lord over Hagar, her handmaid, as Hagar was servant to Sarai. Well, likewise, Babylon is the mistress of kingdoms, lord over the kingdoms of the world, because Babylon represents the ruling kingdom of Satan over the unsaved people of the world. And and so here, thou sayest, I shall be a lady forever, or continue in this leading role of Lord over the people of the earth, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore, hear now this, thou that are given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly... That sayest in thine heart. So again, God is is revealing as only He can do, because God does know the inner thoughts, the deep down thoughts of mankind, and even of um, Satan and 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 the evil spirits. God knows exactly what's going on inside, and and so He He reveals it. That sayest in thine heart. I am and none else beside me. And then it goes on to say, I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But first, let's, let's think about this first part of the statement that God is letting be known. What is going on in the heart of Babylon, the kingdoms of this world? They are thinking, I am and none else beside me. Now, what does that sound like when we read that kind of a statement? Actually, it is very familiar to us, uh, even especially because we're in the book of Isaiah. And it was just a few chapters earlier uh, in Isaiah 43. God said in verse 11, I, even I, am Jehovah. So there is I am statement. I, even I, am Jehovah, and beside me there is no Savior. There, There is just God. God alone is Savior. God alone is God. He is, and there is no other. And yet Babylon is saying, I am, and none else beside me. Well, no wonder Babylon glorified herself. Babylon actually is deceived and depraved into thinking that she is God, that Babylon is God. We we, uh, saw in Isaiah 14, that's exactly the thinking of Satan. And that's why he wanted to take his seat as the man of sin. It's why he wanted to rule in the temple, showing himself that he is God. It is the pride, the arrogance, the terrible sin of Satan to want to be God. But what did Satan, when he came into the Garden of Eden, use as bait to tempt Eve and Adam into falling for his lie? What what lie did he tell them? What words did he use? Well, if you remember, in Genesis 3... It was the promise that if they would eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would be like God. It says in Genesis 3, in uh, verse 3, Eve is is uh, trying to use the last bit of uh, reason she can find. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, in in the King James Bible, it's gods with a small g and, and plural, but It is the word Elohim that is translated as God with a capital G and singular in other places in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1 especially, it was God, Elohim, that created the heavens and the earth. And so Satan is, without any doubt, telling Eve, you will be as God. You will be God. That's what uh, that tree has in store for you. All you have to do is eat of the fruit of that tree, and you will then possess the wisdom and knowledge of God, knowing good and evil. You, in fact, will be God. And uh, you see, that was what Satan was after all along, He wanted to be God, but the temptation to mankind was the same temptation. Satan uh, fell for it himself. Satan himself was deceived in lusting after wanting to be God, and so he used the very same thing, the, the very same sin that he fell into, in, in his sinful desire to be his God, and he used that desire for Eve and Adam, and they also fell into sin. At the very beginning, the fall of man was a lustful desire to be God. That was the real sin. It, it, there was a discontent. There, there was Dissatisfaction first with the the angels Lucifer, Satan, it wasn't good enough for him to be um, angelic spirit, created to be ministers to the heirs of righteousness. No, that wasn't good enough for him. and then he sowed that malcontent, that discontented spirit to mankind. It's not good enough for you to be mere creatures, to be created in the image of God when you can be God. That, that was the selling point. You can be God yourself and, and you don't have to rely or trust on, on God. You yourself will be God and uh, who knows what went through their minds. Uh, but that was the tactic that the enemy used in order to get man to fall into sin, and they fell into sin, lusting after wanting to be God. And so, we're not surprised that Babylon, that represents mankind, it is the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom that he won, at the point when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, They became subservient to Satan, and he then ruled over everything that Adam and Eve ruled over, which was this earth. And and from that point, of course, nations developed, kingdoms developed, and they were all Satans. They all belonged to him by the right of conquest. And and so Babylon, the lady of kingdoms, the mistress that rules over all the kingdoms of the world, has this implanted from the very beginning of its creation or of its origins, uh, from the fall of man into sin, in its heart, that sayest in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. Which, Which, of course, only would fittingly and rightfully apply to God to say something like that. It was God who told Moses, when Moses sought after his name at the burning bush, tell the Israelites, I am. He is the ever existent one. I am. And, and uh, is there any besides God? There are none other gods. It is only He. So that language is language that applies to the, the sovereign Lord of the Bible alone. But it's the language that Babylon is saying in, in its heart. It has lifted itself up to say these things. Now remember when we were looking a few studies back in Ezekiel 28 at Tyre or Tyrus. And we read there in Ezekiel chapter 28 and we saw, first of all, that Tyrus is a picture of mankind. And remember, and I'll go to this first, in Ezekiel twenty-eight twelve. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God just as we uh, read a little while ago in Genesis 3, that, that Tyrus was there. Well, um, there was only the serpent, Eve, and Adam that could qualify to be Tyrus. And uh, as a result of the language God uses, it only applies to mankind, Adam and Eve. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. And and that iniquity uh, was the sin we were just talking about, found in mankind. Well now let's look at verse two of Ezekiel twenty eight, as we now understand that Tyrus is Adam and Eve. It is Mankind, son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Because thine heart is lifted up, And thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, In the midst of the seas, Yet thou art a man, and not God, Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Well, there there it is that's the same language that that babylon is using because they're one and the same they're synonymous tyre or tyrus and babylon it it is the kingdom of the unsaved people of the earth the the people created originally in the image of god but fallen after lusting in a wrongful desire to be God themselves. And so God says that they have been lifted up in heart and they have set their heart as the heart of God. And that's exactly what we're reading of Babylon that sayest in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. And then it goes on to say in Isaiah 47, In the next part of the verse, in verse 8, I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. And uh, let's also read uh, verse 9, But these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries, and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. So God is saying, first of all, Babylon is saying that Babylon will not sit as a widow, and Babylon will not know the loss of children. And we, we have to be careful with this language, because God uses the idea of a widow in the Bible to typify believers. And we could say well babylon is is refusing uh that that sort of uh identification. I will not be a widow, yet, yeah, but God is saying you will be you you will be a widow, and more than that you will lose your children and and so when we search the Bible, and that's what we have to do. we have to search the Bible. what does it mean to be a widow and What does it mean to lose children? And it's, um, of course, interesting and very significant. We'll go to a couple of verses, one that will tell us about widowhood and the other that will tell us about loss of children, that we will find the same identification with both. That is, there is something that God... Relates widowhood to and relates the loss of children to. So let's go to 1st Timothy chapter 5. 1st Timothy 5 where we read about widows in 1st Timothy 5 verse 3 and following. Honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed, a widow indeed is a widow without children. If, if there is a woman, a married woman, and her husband dies and she has children, then she's a widow, but she's not a widow indeed, because her children can take care of her or, or should take care of her, but a widow indeed is a woman who lost her husband and has no children. And, and God says of the widow indeed that it would be the church or, um, the church that would look after her needs because she had no children to care for her. But, but, uh, in 1st Timothy 5 verse 5, now she that is a widow indeed a widow without children and desolate and desolate. That's the key word. If you're a widow, indeed a widow without children, you are desolate. And we also read um, in Isaiah chapter 49 in verse 21. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, who hath begotten me these seeing I have lost my children N.M. Desolate. There, there is the idea. That is the identification that God is making by saying that Babylon is refusing that. Babylon is saying that she'll not sit as a widow. She'll not know the loss of children. That is, she will not know desolation. But God is saying, yes, you will, these two things will come upon thee in a moment, in one day. The loss of children and widowhood, or desolation. You will be made desolate. Now, we we have um, further confirmation of this, because there's also an interesting verse in uh, Zephaniah, Chapter two, concerning Nineveh of the Assyrians, and, and God uses similar language of Nineveh. Nineveh also can be a picture of the world. Remember when Jonah went to Nineveh and cried, yet forty days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Well, that, that was a picture of the gospel going to the world. In Zephaniah two, it says in verse 13, and he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria and will make Nineveh a desolation and dry like a wilderness. And verse 14, And flocks shall lie down in the midst of her, all the beasts of the nations, both the comorrent, and the Bittern shall lodge in the upper lintels of it. Their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolation shall be in the thresholds, for he shall uncover the cedar work. This is the rejoicing city that dwelt carelessly, that said in her heart, now notice that language, again, she said in her heart, I am, and there is none beside me. That's the language of Tyrus, that's the language of Babylon, and that's the language of Nineveh, because it is the language of man, from the fall into sin, Right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, man wanted to be like God. And, and it goes on to say, I am, and there is none beside me. How has she become a desolation? A place for beasts to lie down in. Everyone that passeth by her shall hiss and wag his head. So here, it doesn't say widow, but it, it, it uses the idea that widowhood presents, to be desolate. That's exactly what God has in mind. And there's further confirmation of that. The Hebrew word translated as widow in Isaiah 47 is also used in Isaiah 13. I, I think it's the plural of the Hebrew word 490 in Strong's Concordance. And Isaiah 13 is the burden of Babylon, and then God goes on to describe Judgment Day and and the day of wrath and punishing the world. And then he reverts back to speaking of Babylon in verse 19. And Babylon, it says, The glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, it shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelled in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. In other, in other words, it'll be desolate. And then in verse 21, But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. We we looked at this before And we saw all the unclean animals related to the uh, verse in Revelation 18, that Babylon has become a cage or a prison for every unclean and hateful bird. And then in verse 22, And the wild beasts of the island shall cry in their desolate houses. The word, the English words, desolate houses, are a translation of the Hebrew word 490, widows. Or were perhaps widowhood would would fit here, we can see why the King James translator struggled with this, and so they translated it desolate houses. The wild beasts of the island shall cry in their desolate houses or in their widowhood and dragons in their pleasant palaces, and her time is near to come, and her day shall not be prolonged. Well, that that uh, really when we we see that both being a widow, God identifies with being desolate. The loss of children, God identifies with being desolate. Zephaniah 2.15, that uses the same language, I am and none beside me. God says, Nineveh will be desolate. And then the word widow itself is translated as desolate houses we we have all the evidence we need to know exactly what God is saying. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. I will not be desolate. And, and the judgment of God is the shut door. It, it is the removal of the Spirit of God, the end of salvation. It is turning the world into a desolation spiritually. And Babylon says, no it won't happen to me it, it, it cannot happen to me and and yet god says oh yes it will in a moment in one day well lord willing will uh, in our next study we'll look at that language a little bit closer thanks for joining us for e-bible fellowship's evening bible studies you can hear these studies monday through friday over Paltalk, talk skype eBible Fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.